Okay, we're discussing the share of Devarah. And the Devarah is explaining why the misfortunes befell Kla Yisrael, like we saw last night, and she attributes it to the lack of Torah learning. Chod is the people who used to travel to the entire ceased. The Holcha and the Sivas, the ones who are going to ask Shai the seats, like the Mufashim explained the Pasuk. And as a result, the enemies had the opportunity to gain the upper hand. Not only that, Chod Lukrozoin. So we saw this both refers to the walled cities, the unwalled cities, that people were afraid of enemies, and therefore they had to build walls around themselves to protect themselves. But the meaning can also mean the book. And that is of a lesson of beam, and uh, again, attributed to the lack of Tarlani. We're holding by Perakai, Pasuk Zayin, in the middle of the Pasuk, I shall come to Dvarah. Dvarah says, until I got up. And we saw that Dvarah's campaign to restore Tarlani to Klai Yisrael, obviously she wasn't able to teach Tarlani, but the way she ensured that the Torah would be learned was she was provided the wicks, she provided candles, she provided the option for people to learn. And that, so to speak, reignited the, the concept of Torah learning. And therefore she was credited with the Renaissance, so to speak, of Ruchnis in Klai Yisrael, which she personally deserved the book. This is very similar to later on, many years in the future, the story of Chizkiyo Amelech. He also was confronted with a very formidable enemy, Sancheirev. And his strategy to protect Israel was to boost their territory. It's the same thing. He ensured that people would be forced into the base medrash and uh, brought everybody to a very high level of erudition. Even children were became, the Gemara says, in Tumbatara. And that was the resurgence of Ruchnius, which led, led to the defeat of Sancheirev. The positive says, that the oil, the yoke of Sinchair was broken because of the oil. Because of the oil that Chizkiyot provided to light candles in the bottom of Yidrashim at night, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, and that gave them the spiritual superiority. Same thing to Bayer, she did exactly the same thing. She was Ashish Lapida, she was the one who provided the wicks, she was the one who provided the candles for people to learn at night. And because of that, Klai Yisrael, so to speak, arose from the spiritual slumber they'd been in. And that gave him the spiritual edge over Sisra. So it's interesting. In both of the cases, it's, we see that the leader was the one who, who so to speak, would, from the outside, encouraged a widespread return to Torah. Right. That's the first part of the past success. Was the El a leader? Not the El, Dvar. She became the prophetess. She became the one who led Kai Yisra. Right. Now, we saw in the prophecies before that, which we have to come back to, that there are two time periods where Devarah refers to as being times when Kaishal was on a spiritual level. The one was Bimei Sham Gurben Anas, which we saw was not, which was a shepherd before her. And we saw when we learned about Shamgar that we don't even call him a shepherd in the sense that he was leading Kaishal. He was, he saved Kaishal. There was a battle with the Pishtim which he was victorious in. But uh, it doesn't talk about the time that he led Kaishal. And we saw that the reason was because Kaishal weren't on a spiritually high place, and therefore they were doing the wrong thing. Hashem saved them through Shamgar, but they weren't, uh, they didn't, as a result, they didn't come to a high level. And the second thing she says is Bimeyel. Now, Yel, like we know from the story here, right, was the one who killed Sisra, but we don't find Yel as being in a leadership position. 
the Rashi here obviously was bothered by the Shaina. Why is the era or the generation attributed to Yael? And Rashi brings the Midrash Rabbi in Rus and he says, Melamit Sha'af Yael Shoftis Israel Biamel. Yael was also a shepherd, a, a judge or somebody who was responsible for Kaishal in that time. And which is a Chiddush to us. We don't find this anywhere. We don't find that Yael was in any way somebody who led Kla Yisrael. On the contrary, the Bara was a leader. Ella what? What the Yael was the one who brought about the victory. Yael was the one who killed Sisra. Just like Shemgai. Shemgai, like we said, he saved Kla Yisrael from an enemy. He was victorious, but we don't find he was a leader. And therefore, when you have somebody who is, let's say, is a savior of Kla Yisrael, but not a leader of Kla Yisrael, so they're not raising the spiritual standard of Kla Yisrael. The role they played was to protect them or to save them from an enemy, but not that they were there to uplift them. Like, as as opposed to somebody, for example, like Asnil ben Knaz, who did both. Even Ayub ben Gera, we saw, he did both. Who shafat at Israel, he was a leader. He was uh, somebody who, so to speak, helped to uplift Kla Yisrael. And at the same time, he was the instrument through which Hashem brought salvation. He was the leader who was there to bring them to victory against the enemy it was at the time. Whereas Bashem Gar, like we said, we don't find he was a shepherd that led Klai Yisrael, he saved Klai Yisrael. And therefore, the Torah compares him to Yael. Yael also wasn't the leader who led Klai Yisrael. The role she played was she saved Klai Yisrael, she killed Sisra. She killed the general who had been the, the source of their, so to speak, subjugation. And even, so, of course, she did a lot as a act of heroism and as an act of salvation for Klai Yisrael, she did a lot. But as an act of uplifting Klai Yisrael, that she didn't do. And that's why the Torah puts the two together. They were both people who had saved Klai Yisrael but hadn't necessarily raised Klai Yisrael. And so she says about herself, shall I come to you, the Torah? When I got up and I led to a renewal of Klai Yisrael's dedication to Torah. Now, the Gemara takes issue with this. And the Gemara says there's a certain element of a person who was mishtabach by themselves, so to speak, like promoted themselves or glorified themselves, the fact that Devara, in the context, like kind of, so to speak, praises herself. And the Gemara gives some stuff as an example of a person who shows that they, who's, it says, a person who, so to speak, takes credit for themselves, so they're going to lose from it. And therefore we see that later on, a few second time in the Shira, as a result of this, Devara loses her Kodesh, and just to say, Uri Uri Dvar, to like reawaken the Ruch HaKodesh, which she lost, and because, so to speak, she took credit for what she did. Now, Desla asks, this is among other questions, on, the, on such a Gemara, that the, Gemara, the other example in the Gemara, just to finish the story, the Gemara himself says that, if a person, so to speak, prides themselves on their accomplishments, so if they are Novi, they'll lose their Nava, and if they're a Chacham, they'll lose their Chacham. And what are the Gemara's examples? The example of a Navi who lost in the world was Devara. Yeah. She says, I should come to Devara, she took credit for herself. And as a result, in a few seconds' time, she's going to lose in a bush. She has to, so to speak, reawaken the Ruch HaKodesh. And the Chacham, who lost his Chacham, was Hillel. And the story that the Gemara tells her about Hillel is the way that Hillel became the Nasi. The previous Nasi were called the Bnei Besera. And there was a question of, Erev Pesach, which fell on the Shabbos, and they didn't know if he could bring the carbon Pesach on the Shabbos, which was Erev Pesach. And Hillel did know the answer, and in a tremendous act of humility, Bnei B'Seira, so to speak, resigned from the Nesius, because they felt that Hillel was a bigger Tamil Chachamim. And then the Gemara says a very strange thing. On that same day, 
that Hillel now was just newly appointed as the Nazi on that Shabbos itself, when the Benares Sarah recognized he was a greater than Chacham and therefore were willing to forego their title, their honors, being the same, and point him in their place. So it says Hillel started to insult them. And he says, What caused you not to know Lacha? Because you weren't Mishamish to Ayavatalia. You didn't Mishamish uh, to and in contrast, like I did. And uh, the Gemara says that was a certain expression of Yura, of self pride, and therefore we forgot Halacha. The same people who came to ask, Can you, Shaykh, come Pesach on Shabbos, came back to ask, How are we going to carry the knife to the base of Mikdash, to the Shkhetah? And he forgot Halacha. And therefore the Gemara brings there as a Raya that even a Chacham, um, can be, who is Misiyah, who prides himself, can forget his, can forget his learning. Now, Abdesh asked the Kasha, Hillel was Anbasan Hillel. Hillel was considered the epitome of another. Right? Why do we find that Hillel, so to speak, was Nikshal in self pride, and especially on the day he became a Nasi, and especially towards the people who had shown such self effacement by vacating the, op- the position of the Seers for him? What's, what's going on? And he also questioned the Bible also. That the Bible wasn't saying her own word. The Kharadis was a Gracha Kaidish. So Rav Desta's answer was that even though each in each case the the subject involved, whether it was Hill in the case of the Gemara, or the Bible here in the case of the Navi, right, they thought that what they were doing was to teach a lesson. It wasn't that what they were speaking was only, so to speak, to try and you know, carry compliments or to try and show people their, what they had done right. It was more like they were trying to teach a lesson. But nevertheless, it came across as Mexico Yura. So let's explain. What did Hillel say? Hillel said, what caused you not to know the halacha? Because you weren't Misham Shishmai Vastanya. Now, Hillel could be understood as saying, this isn't my godless. I got this from my Rebbein. But I was a good Talmud, and I listened to what the Rebbein said. And therefore, everything I know, I heard from Shmai Vastanya. In which case, it's really an expression of another. It's not like I was the god who worked out this psaq on my own, or I was the genius who came to this chedesh. Everything I got, I heard from my rebbein. But the way it was said was as I was and you weren't. So even in the expression Hillel was saying, which was really an expression of another, that it's not my chedesh, it's what I got from my rebbein, but it came across as a certain, so to speak, Superiority over them. I was Mashamish when you weren't. So that was the that was the Mashal Yura which Hill was punished for that he forgot the halacha. And the same about the Vayra. Of course, it was Rukha Kodesh. But she said in the first person. She said in the first person, I'd come to the Vayra until I got up. Right? If a Navi was talking with Rukha Kodesh, so they would say what Hashem told them to say about themselves. As we'll see. Right. As we'll see later on, for example, in Shmuel's Nevo, when Hashem he talks about himself, with Hashem, Hashem, so he talks about himself in the third person, as if Hashem was speaking. He didn't convert it into the third, first person, which sounds like a person's taking praise for himself. If a person would talk about themselves, third person, then I'm giving over a message. Right? Like when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote in the Torah, for example, that there was a, Hashem told him to write, and he wrote in the Torah, that there was no honor of like Moshe. Right? So then, Moshe doesn't say there was no honor like me. He writes it in the third person, which Hashem told him to write, and that's how it comes across. Had Moshe reworded that, right? And I was the greatest honor, there's a certain a certain ring of of pride. When you put it in the first person, you talk, even if it's what Hashem told you to say, or say, but if you put it about yourself, 
There's a certain, like, so to speak, you, you, you're, you, you're expressing yourself. And that was the time. When Hashem told Dvara to say, she said, but to say, Shakamti Dvara, me, about myself, there's a certain ring of Kilo, uh, it's Mexico Euro. It looks a little bit like she was taking credit for herself, and that's what she was punishing. Okay, that's the first part of the Pasuk. And the second part of the Pasuk is a very fascinating thing. She gives herself a title. Shakamti Agarach is an Aimbi Yisrael. A mother in Klai Yisrael. Why did she want to do Why did she want to do What was this expression that she gives herself an Aimbi Yisrael? Are we not the Imais? The Imais who started Karach over there? Where is this? Uh, why did the Vayar consider herself to be an Aimbi Yisrael? So they also explained that she wasn't talking about the Imais Akhtoshis. She was talking about a regular mother. And she says that the job of the mother is to bring up her children. Right? Like we always say, the Vasak. That the mother's job is to mechanic the children. And therefore she saw her role as being sometimes being mechanic the dog. Right? That she was coming as a mother to, to bring them back to the right track. Which is probably the Pshat. In Bishral she just meant I was fulfilling the role of a mother. Right. And that's what she's priding herself for. But there is something else to be said here also. And uh, in order to explain that, I'm going to take you into a small, maybe, glimpse into a world of Kabbalah. And let's explain a principle. And it's like this. We know that various numbers in Kabbalah have significance. So, we talk about the number three. We talk about three as the three always, or as the three, we call three Russian, the three heads. There's one principle of three. There's another principle of seven. Number seven also significance. And number twelve. Now, if you, in the, let's talk about the number of times where this division comes up. Number one, in the other place. We know that altogether the 22 letters in other place, which is 3 and 7 and 12 is 22. The way that the Kabbalah divides the letter into the three, what they call the three Sharish letters. Now, I'm told the letters are, the explanation is beyond the scope of the Shia, but just explain the concept. The three Sharish letters, Aleph, Mem, and Shin. That's the three Sharash. The seven, second, we call the second letter letters, three, and the seven letters, they call the Kfudos. Kfudos. Which means you can have them with a dogish, without a dogish. So that's the word, that's the letters, Beget Kapiris. Beis Gimodalet Kof Peirish Tov. You can base Ves, you can have all the width without a dogish. That's the second letter. So three, then seven, and then you have the twelve Pshutas, which are the last remaining letters of the other place. That makes up twenty-two. Right? So we have the three, division of three, seven, twelve. Um, similarly, in Eris Yisrael, we have, everyone knows, about the Shiva Minyam, or the seven things which grow in Eretz Yisrael. But if you look in the passage before that, you'll find the three Sharashim, the three sources where these things grow from. It's the Eretz Nachalei Mayim, Ayanos, Otzalimos. The three sources of water, which, which, which create seven fruits, and Eretz Yisrael is divided into twelve portions. So here also you have the three, seven, twelve. It's a principle which re- replicates itself lots and lots of times. You have three regarding seven days of the week and twelve months of the year. The idea of the Kabbalah breaks everything into these, this division, 3, 7, 12. 
And now that's the case, we understand the principle. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. We have three Avos. We have 12 Shvatim, as we know. The middle dog has to be the Imos. Okay, how many Imos are there? So, we know, sorry, that's four. Let's say we include Bela and Zilpa because they were also mothers of Shvatim. We get to six. Who was the seventh? Who was the seventh? It has to fit into the system. It has to be also here, three, seven, twelve. So who was the missing end? Now, I've had this question for years. I went to Renison David, David to this meeting 20 years, 15 years ago, I remember. And whatever it was, I started talking about the topic and I asked him, uh, <coughs> Alison Shay, who's the seventh end? There's something missing in the system. Who's the seventh end? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to answer you. So, not, 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 not answer. We get to it. It's not worrying me for a long time. Well, who's the 7th A? There are a number of potential candidates. It's not if we don't have options, we do. But the question is, who's, which one, who is it? With What's the Makar? It seems like, not only is it a suffix by us, it seems like there were a number of people who thought it was them. Who thought that they were the candidate for the 7th A of Kla Israel. Who are the options? Well, number one, uh, which other ladies had that Miriam. role? Sorry? Miriam? Which, which other ladies had the role which they could have considered themselves to be an Amy and Kalyus role? I'm sorry? Oh, so number one, it could have been Yechavit. So why can't it be all three and not Well, let's go through the options. Maybe Yechavit. Yechavit as the one who says that, that, she, that she was the. She went back, back to him and bought him and bought him out. Maybe it was Jehovah. If that's the case, maybe it was Miriam. Or maybe it was both and not somebody else. And who would be the last one? Maybe it was Devara. Maybe it was Rus. Rus, Rus is called Emesh Malchus. Devara calls herself. She'll come to Amy Yisrael. And uh, I can tell you one or two other options which I have to explain also. It seems like this was. Bathsheba, yes, also called Emesh Malchus. There could have been a number of options who the last aim was. It's an interesting thing. And I'm saying it, no one brings it down. As far as I've seen this forum, it has to work in the system. There has to be seven. And uh, more than that, the concept of seven is, is the feminine. It's uh, like, the, like the days of the sharpest and alpha The three is, the, is always the masculine concept, and the seven is the feminine concept. Like the days of the week, and Shabbos, which is the queen, is the, is the seventh one. So that's the, that it has to work like that. But we don't find who it is, and I, I would even venture to say, that it could be the, op- the various people thought that they were that person. For example, the very over here. She calls herself Shachamti Aim Bi Yisrael. I was an Aim in Kla Yisrael. And was, maybe she thought about herself that she was one of the most in that level. But there could be other options too. That the, when Rus got married to Boaz, so the Chachmeh, the, the Spanim at the gate told her that Hashem should make her in your house, Kerachal Kaleya Shebanush name is Beis Yisrael. She should have a position like Rafa the man who built the house of Yisrael. So maybe she was the one. Maybe that's what she thought. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to define something which Chazal don't tell us, but it's definitely something which we can, like we are aware of. There is this, there is this question mark. Who is the seventh aim? If you don't want to be we have a question on three. But uh, whatever it is, as I said, we see that the voter was Miramis to this. Now, I'm just telling you the background. Chazal said. Chazal said that she came to Yisrael that she was considering herself one of the most. 
Why would she do that? We have the Imois already. Whispering in the background because there is a question that there's more than four Imois. There's meant to be seven. And therefore, this would be one of the options of who the name would be. Okay. So that's uh, what the verse says about itself. Like we said, there was a certain tinge of self-praise here, which the verse later on lost that. Let's do the next pasuk. Yivchar elekim chadashim. Now we'll translate the pasuk first. It's, it's a high pasuk to understand. But first, the translation. Yivchar elekim chadashim. Hashem will choose new ones. Oz. Nechem Sharim, then they had to fight, Lachim to fight, Sharim in the gates. Magen im Yira If one could find a shield or a spear, Ba'aboim Elef Yisrael. Out of 40,000 of Ka Yisrael. Now, what's the Apostle referring to? And how does it fit together? It seems to talk about a number of different points. So, there are a number of explanations of this pasuk. The way Rashi himself explains like this: Yivchar Elohim Chadashim, and it's not talking about Rashi. Then instead, it's talking about Rabbi Dzal. That Rashi says, and the Mitzvah says, when Klai Yisrael chose for themselves new gods, in other words, instead of Hashem, Oz Lachum Sharim, then they were fought at the fight that they get. That's what brought the enemy. So the first thing which the Torah defines as the reason why the Klai Yisrael um, were punished, were subjugated, was the lack of commitment to Torah. And therefore, according to this, this is the second reason of their desire. When they found themselves new gods that didn't worship Hashem, they worshiped other things, then they had to fight. But, when they returned to Hashem, and that's a missing phrase in the Pasuk, then, they didn't have to have a spear or a shield to fight with, or or 40,000 soldiers, which they would have needed in order to fight Sisra. As we saw, there are 10,000. And not only that, they never actually fought anything. They just ran down the mountain. And as we saw, Hashem did the nest. The river, Kishon, swept them away. So the, the, the pasuk, according to Rashi, is a contrast. When Klai Yisrael found new gods to worship, then as a result of that, they, they, were, they, were, they were besieged. They, they were, they were, the, the enemy came to their gates. But when they returned to Hashem, then they were victorious without sufficient, with sufficient soldiers, and without even weaponry. They didn't need shields or spears in order to fight. That's the, that's the way that the Rashi explains the Pasuk. It's similar to the Targum here, which has a similar idea. That uh, it's, a, it's a contrast between what happened when they did the wrong thing or when they, when, when they came back to the Shiva. Now, there's another Maharachi also, which the Mullah Akharim say, the Yerubianist and Ibishas we spoke about yesterday, that explains all these talking about referring to Torah. And the way that he hears the Pasuk is, Yivchar Elohim Chadashim, Hashem will choose the new ones. Hashem will choose the new ones. And what it means is that in the past, uh, the Dar before the Vayra, which had, had, so to speak, left Torah, had left the Avodah Hashem, so they were punished. But now the verse is predicting a new door which is going to come back to Torah. As she said herself, in her schos maybe, she had reignited that. But now there was a new door which will come back to Torah. Hashem is going to choose the new door. And then, he's going to make them victorious. Then, they, then they're going to be able to fight the battle with, with Yad Nishmai. Because uh, that, since they had now uh, rededicated themselves 
the Kabbalah Satayra, the Shmir Samitzvahs, a man that HaKadosh Baruch would return to them also. And then the subject of the verb, the pasuk, isn't Klai Yisrael choosing other gods, but Hashem choosing Klai Yisrael's, the new daughter of Klai Yisrael. There are various Balemosa who want to learn another Nukuda in this pasuk. And that, but it's, uh, it's, the Yisrael is true, even if it's not exactly Maduk in the language of the pasuk. And that is, they say that when a person's Avodah uh, Hashem, becomes stale, becomes uh, rot, becomes something which is milumada, so then the Kaddish Baruch doesn't want it. Now, we have a number, number of sukkim. Hashem says, Lomli Yerazifcheichem, I don't need your Karbanas, I don't need your Avayda. When it's something which a person isn't inspired by or isn't like, dedicated to, so Hashem's not impressed by it. But when it's, when there's a, clients shall want to refresh themselves and there's, there's a new drive and a new interest, that's what Hashem wants. And therefore, they explain the Pasuk that what Hashem wants is the Chadashim, is a newness in the Vedas Hashem. Like I said, whether it's Meduk in the Pasuk, I'm not sure, but at least the Yisrael is for sure true. And then Oz Lachim Sharim, that's why Karish Baruch gives them Siyad Ishmael to be able to win in battle. When they're going to fight, then they'll be Metzliach in the war. And this is an indirect, then, if that's the case, this is the direct opposite of the Pasuk, which is describing Klai Yisrael as being so to speak, uh, stale in Avedis Hashem, the Pasuk says that he, Rasam, I see, Mitzvah Sadashim in Ramada, that the Kaisal service of Hashem is just through rot and through habit, then, in the Yosef, the Hakas is the Amaz Ahafi Vafele. They're going to get punished. They're going to get hit by, in a tremendous way, which means the war will be against them. Whereas now, when there's an element of Chadashim, then Nachim Sha'ar, then Hashem will fight for them in the gates, and it'll be the other way around, and they'll be victorious. Either way around, that's the case. The Pasuk is talking about the renewal which led to the victory. And once again, Magen Mirai Veroimach, that it was without, a, it was out without swords, or, without shields or spears. There was no need for them to either attack or to protect themselves. By boy man of Israel. And 40,000 of Israel. What's the, so, what's the number 40,000? And then we'll see next time what the, what the 40,000 are referring to. That's what we'll say about that. Thank you.